hello. Hi. Welcome to episode number three of Conversations with Goddesses. Um, I am M. This I is, am N. Yes. And um, these are starting to roll along. And, you know, I think we're hitting our stride and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, <laughs> we're also rolling along with our dreams. Yes, <laughs> and that helps. You know, it's they say alcohol is a true serum and we only want to speak the truth here. You know, I think the last couple, we focused a lot on dating specifically, and we, we still always want to talk about that, but I think we have a couple of other, um, or at least one other topic to throw in. We want to try to add in some life topics as well. I know we've touched on, you know, the pandemic and, you know, what's going on in the world, but I think there's so many other things we can talk about. What are we going to start with, M? So I think today, I think we should start with... And and I are both mothers of teenage sons. You know, the whole Me Too movement. What was that? Like a year when it started really like a year ago. Like at least. At least a year, yeah. year and a half. Yeah. When things started coming out of the woodwork, when women were like, we're not putting up with this. I've been, you know, and I personally am a victim of uh, sexual assault. Me too. Right. I just wanted to clarify that because our opinions on what we're going to talk about, this is coming from women who have experienced this. But when you throw in raising a young man, it's a very interesting subject. And, um, you know, you want to make them hyper aware and why it's so important to not cross certain boundaries. But then also, I think what's kind of, I don't like the word scary, but what's hard as the mother of a teenage boy, I'm also having to teach my son now, like with any movement, you have to be so careful because you know, the pendulum can swing so far in one direction that I think that men are going to be afraid to say or do anything that could be taken the wrong way. And if it's obviously in the wrong way, it needs to be called out. But it makes me sad that I kind of have to teach my son, your girlfriends that you have at school that you normally would walk up and put your arm around and hug them. Don't touch them anymore. To hurt, it might be inappropriate. And even if it's been fine up until then. And to just interject super quick, like both of our sons are, first of all, the sweetest guys. Oh my gosh. But they're huge. They're huge. They're like, they're like giant. They're gentle giants. Six threes to six five and huge. And, but like, but they still both have baby faces and they're so sweet and they're not like running around. Mine's never had a girlfriend. And you know, it's not like he's a womanizer, but while we're talking about this, you know, my son was bullied for a while in school. And actually one of his bullies, because he's so sweet and respectful was actually a girl, a teenage girl at school. And she was physically assaulting him. I mean, punching him in the stomach, like three times. And here he is in the middle of all this. He's kind of sitting there taking it rough, like, because it's like, it's a guy and she's a girl. And my only advice was kind of just like, go talk to the school officials. And it's, it's a very um, real thing. I agree. Um, one other thing on that note, not only is it hard to like teach them what to do in that kind of situation, but overall, like the past couple episodes, I mean, we've been talking about how awful men are to us yeah, and all the me too stuff that, you know, from Bill Cosby to Epstein and NASA and beyond, oh like all that's in the news is that how Epstein documentary is rough. I haven't watched that one. I watched you the NASA watch one, um, but like all that's being out there is how awful men are. And it's rough because I don't want my son to think all men are bad because they're not. 
No, and, and, I, and, and, and to speak to your point in like the Epstein documentary, I know you haven't seen it, and this is breaking news right now. He had a female companion that was his accomplice and she just got brought in on charges. Oh, yeah. Finally. Mm-hmm. But if you watch that documentary, she is right there. She's the Ew. one bringing the girls in. And you know, in Dallas, Texas, Ghost Bar, if you'll remember, mm-hmm. it was in the news that there was a ring of guys that were mm-hmm. drugging girls, but they were hiring girls to drug the girls for them. So a girl trusts a girl and she's like hey here's a drink you're gonna take it from a girl i'm just saying there are just as many bad women Mm-hmm. who, you know, are accomplices to these men. That, oh, it makes me so sick. And then also just as much as there are that many bad men, there's that many amazing men yes. and heroes. And I love yes. men. And I think my son is an amazing man. My dad is man. the most amazing human being alive. And I, I just don't want my son to think that the gender he's part of is destined for this horrible future. And he's not. From the time he was in kindergarten, you know, I told him if you're ever on the playground or anywhere and somebody ever tries to pick on somebody that's smaller than them or a girl, you stand and defend that person. And I wanted to teach him to be that kind of stand-up guy. Anyway, so that was a heavy topic. I thought we could interject some um, real-life sitches in there. So when I was talking about, like, trying to teach my son from the get-go, like, to defend other people... I cannot be prouder of him because the girl that he's dating right now, one of the boys from his high school had messaged her asking for nudes and like started kind of pressuring her for it. And apparently it's it's common knowledge or it was amongst the girls that he had asked other girls for nudes also. So my son messaged him and said, if you ever ask I won't say your name or any other girl or pressure them for anything like that. I will break you. Oh, I was so proud of him. And then, but it was so funny because that kid liked the comment, like hearted it and then said, okay. And then my son, I think was like, almost felt bad. Like he scared this kid too bad. So he said, he wrote another message and he was like, Man, that's just never cool to do to girls. It's not going to be good for anybody involved. Just don't do it. Aww, little cutie. And then um, the other kid messaged, hearted that, like liked that comment and then said, um, okay, I'm sorry. Good. And so I was like, well, maybe he will rethink that. But anyway, those are examples of, you know, our young men that are growing Mm -hmm. into stand-up men that have been through a lot that are going through this this generation is like whoa everything that they're exposed to it's crazy and then i want to tie back to the me too stuff because you know having only had the experience as an adolescent as a female and like navigating all of the assaulty situations that go with that so then my son becomes a teenager and he was going to a party and some of the kids were spending the night there and I, you know, suspected there was going to probably be alcohol and there was probably going to be boys and girls maybe spending the night. And it was it was a long thing. But I just in the end, he's never given me any reason not to trust him. And I thought at some point he's going to have to navigate. I mean, he's 17. He's going to be a legal adult next year and going to college. He's going to have to know how to navigate situations. And he was telling me where he was going to be in the situation. So I I allowed it. And I asked him to text me every hour that he was at this party and to FaceTime me at 2.30 in the morning before he was going to bed so I could see the situation. And he did all of those things. 
But before he went, I told him the reason at first I didn't want him to go was because things could go awry. And he kept saying, this is, we're all great friends. Nothing can go awry. What could happen? And I was like, well, nobody ever thinks something is going to go awry. And I said, I was in high school once and I was at small parties with a group of friends that everybody trusted each other and bad things still happened. And he just, you know, was like, no, nothing's going to happen. And what could happen? What could happen? And I just said, and I, I hated to say this, but I said, what if you go to bed in a room by yourself and one of the girls at the party has too much to drink and climbs into bed with you and makes a move on you and you push her away and say, no, thank you. And the next day she either feels bad about it, embarrassed or doesn't remember properly and accuses you of something, Yep. you know, or she gets, in, you know, or you think she's consenting. And so I just said, um, first of all, never do anything physical with a female. If there is any alcohol involved, no, no matter if you think there's consent because, or not. You know, it's funny. Cause I have, I, we've had this, I've had this discussion with a lot of my really good girlfriends, boyfriends, and they are like under no circumstances. Cause I've been in a situation where I was pretty intoxicated and a guy that we're all friends with, apparently he was trying to get me in his car to go home with him. And my friend's boyfriend was like, that is not okay because any man should know, even if she's talking and says, okay, I'm okay with this, but she's that intoxicated. That's not consent. Yeah. She's not of her right mind. And a gentleman would be like, you're drunk. I'm sending you home. Anyone who would be like, she's tipsy. I'm going to take her home. Even if, even if you're like, yeah, let's go. Any alcohol, like you said, no, no. So I'm not talking about like two grownups having a glass of wine and then you're like a little like, risky. <laughs> or you're in a relationship. I'm talking but, if a girl no, is clearly like inebriated, that's an automatic, she doesn't know what she's agreeing to. Yes. So we have to teach our, our sons that even though our sons are like the kindest people on the planet that would not hurt a fly. Um, I have to look at the other side of that. Yep. So, so, okay. That is that topic. The next topic is dating younger guys versus older guys. Okay. I have experience with both. Okay. Why don't you start? I'm so excited because I haven't been able to contribute very much. Um, okay. So my relationship that I got out of a couple of years ago, but still hang out with, he is actually four years younger than me. But I have to say in that specific instance, he actually acts older than I do. I think you and I both act a little, I'm going to say immature, <laughs> but we just act younger. So he's not a good example, but as a early forties woman in the dating world, the last person I um, hung out with, I would say, I guess close to 10 years younger than me. The difference is drastic. So I've had very little dating experience since becoming single. One of them was my age. Exactly. One of them was this 10 year younger guy. And one of them was like five years older, the five year older guy. It freaked me out the first time he like, and he was so sweet. I just didn't ever feel a connection. But like the first time he asked me out, it was like, he asked me out. He texted me throughout the week to make sure like how my week was going the day of the date. He called me, called me on the damn phone. <laughs> to confirm and make sure we were still good. And I, when my phone rang, I was like, ah! but I was like, is this how, is this how a grown man acts? Cause I was like, okay, so sweet. But just, but he had his shit together, you know? But then on the date, he asked me so many questions. I felt like I was almost on a job interview. Like the first date, it was like, were you good in math? 
what were your best high school subjects? Like, what do you want to do with this? Do you ever want to have kids? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa. I was like, is this because he's older and like, he needs to know all these things because time's running out for him and he wants a family, which I think was the case, but super nice. Liked him, but just never felt anything more than friend zone. Then the guy my age, so funny and cute. Who I, I would still consider him a friend. Um, we just couldn't get our schedule straight. But then the younger guy, this was the most recent one. I met him. Oh my God, is he going to hear this? I met him when I was visiting a friend in another city. I met him for just a few hours, but we like really hit it off. And I think we kissed, but it was quick, you know, but he was like 32 years old and I'm in my early 40s. So I was like, whatever. And he lives in another city far away from me. Well, we made plans to like meet up in another city for an event and he actually flew in and we hung out for a weekend and he is so sweet. And like, to this day, I still talk to him. I mean, as a friend, but I noticed that in the experience of spending the weekend with him, the conversations were just a little different, like what he was interested in and the things he got like riled up about seemed so far apart from me, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that in a negative or a positive way. I was just like, cause I remember how I was at 32. I still felt like a kid. He's kind of, I mean, he has a, jo- a good job. The conversations to me just were not, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. And now I'm nervous that he's going to hear this, but it was a shift. I had fun with him and I enjoyed the experience, but I knew that there was never going to be anything past that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we were still friends and text and talk, mm-hmm. but I, I knew that weekend, like this would never be like a relationship. Mm-hmm. So the last relationship I just got out of, he was 12 years older than me. And so when we first started seeing each other and you're like in your late twenties or 30 and he's, you know, 40 or so, it doesn't seem like it's not that big of a deal. Um, but now I, I mean, and I, I think that he's got a very youthful vibe and everything, but I like, I'm currently not seeking out people in that age range. And at first, when I first got on the apps, I, um, never thought I would date a younger guy. Ever. Like I thought only I thought guys only wanted to date like younger and as young as possible. I know, but they don't. It's so crazy. And then on the apps, I went ahead and put my age range, younger and older. And I was so surprised at how many younger guys I was matching with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like. 10, 15 years younger. And I knew I'm like not going to end up marrying these guys, which I was not looking for a husband. But, you know, interestingly, I found that like text wise and like banter wise, I did connect with them pretty well. I did too. Yeah. The younger one on text. Mm -hmm. There was a good almost two months between that first meeting where I like made out with them and we like kind of clicked for an hour mm-hmm. and him actually flying in to like hang out with me for a weekend. Mm. The banter was amazing. But then the in-person uh-huh. when you're experiencing three days in a row, like live, it was different. It was different. Okay. So one of the younger guys that I matched with was just a little like text banter for a week or so. And then like a one night thing and it was fine, but it was insignificant. Then the other one I matched with text banter was good. We hooked up once and then we are still friends and we still like, I feel like we're on the same page a lot when we are text bantering and everything, but I don't know if I see like 
a relationship Mm -hmm. with this person. But then um, same thing. Like if I go a few years older, I uh, start to feel less connected. Yeah. Like the one I was talking about, he was super sweet and he had his shit together. And he was like everything on paper that you would be like, this is the person I should be with. Yes. And so like we had talked about on the first episode, us being in this exennial mini generation. Actually, I'm trying to think of all my fuck boys have been in that exennial generation that I've really connected with. So even Mm -hmm. my you know, my age plus or minus a couple years, we're by being very much on the same maturity level, sense of humor, like attitude. I appreciate the like non fuckboyness of it. Like the like, I'm going to follow up and I'm going to call and I'm going to, and literally I would be on a date with him and he would lock down our next date on that date. Like, oh my look, like okay, Thursday at this time. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, what? what? So there are people still like that, but then it's like, and this is a theory, we really should be really attracted to that quality. But I feel like we kind of thrive on the drama of the fuck boy and the not knowing, because that's what we're conditioned now to know. I had the person who was like doing all the things, who's attractive and has a good job. I picked the one who I'm like, that rush of like, are they going to call me? And then when they do, they're like, oh my God, they, they texted me. But then it's four hours after and I'm like, but that's fucked up. But like, that's what I, that rush of that like, the safe and what you want is too boring because now we want the drama subconsciously subconsciously. Cause that's what we're used to. Yes. Let's segue from that into <laughs> the next topic. Can you feel chemistry over text and FaceTime? Do you like texting a while first or meeting up right away? And the reason this is such a, especially right now is such a topic because when it is the pandemic, you're not just wanting to like meet up for three coffee dates a week. Like I was in the past you're wanting to limit the people that you meet up with. So there's more like FaceTime dates and more texting. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So mine is a little bit pre pandemic. I have listened to every dating podcast. I listen to a lot of relationship experts. I read a lot of blogs. Do you want to enjoy the drink? Yes. I would say that collectively the ones that I listen to who have like been legit relationship experts and coaches and therapists for like 20 plus years, They all say you should limit the amount of texting you do in the beginning of a relationship because it creates, number one, a false sense of intimacy. You start texting your life away with a person and all of a sudden on this little machine in your hand, you're telling them your life's goals and your deepest, darkest secrets, and you're getting to know everybody, everything about each other. There's no actual, and I don't mean FaceTime, like our app on our phone. There's no FaceTime of this. Like the whole point of dating and courting is that you go sit down and you talk about these things in person. So you can like pick up on someone's body language and see like them blush. You know, there's the thing that happens with the human to human interaction while you're discussing these things. You sit there and text your life away on a phone before you meet up with somebody and they already know everything about you. The first time you go meet up, what is there to talk about? They're like, what do you have to talk about anymore? Like you've, you've already kind of done all the talking and the false sense of intimacy is, you know, weeks can go by where you're like having this full on texting relationship with somebody. And that's the thing now too, we're talking about the terminology meaning that like a text, a texting relationship is a thing. It, It never, they never have to go anywhere with it because you're texting and now we're like sending pictures of ourselves. They've got the whole little relationship. It's kind of like you're a mess. You're like a messed up pen pal situation for like this generation, but it's, you've eliminated the human experience and it's all like now in this little like device 
when you're actually hanging out in person, there's no more of that new, like getting to know each other and the butterflies and the embarrassed and the blushing and the, like giggling at dinner. Cause it's like, what do we talk about now? I can literally tell you the last three weeks. I know literally everything about your life. Okay. I'm going to offer a different perspective <laughs> Okay, go for it. because I, I didn't like have a perspective. So this is just literally formed based on my experiences, but I have found that when I match with somebody and would text with them, I could tell within a few days of texting if there was that like connection, if there was that banter and I could feel the chemistry. It was a difference of seeing like a but, like, short texting or like, are you talking hours and hours of texting at night? Um, I mean, somewhere in between there, but enough to where you are like, when they're texting, you like can't wait to send the next text and you already know what you want to say or their text comes up and you're excited to see it versus, okay, I'm going to reply to this. don't you want to have those like, like, that like exciting like in person, like okay, sitting across well, from the me, dinner table and like they're talking and you can't wait to tell them But in my experience, having started with that, like there has been guys that I've met up with that I started texting with and then I could feel that chemistry building over text and by the time we met for coffee or a beer, we had that like already built up. And so it was almost like we went right into like being super fun and like energetic and like, like we'd already known each other. And there was a podcaster that we like to listen to. Uh He said that he said now with dating because of texting and apps, Uh your first date is actually like the fourth date that our parents and grandparents had in courting because you've gone through all of that. See, Yeah. I did like a ton of coffee dates. That was all my, my, always my first date. And there were some where there was very limited texting up front. Those are the ones where there's that like almost awkwardness, like you feel a lull in conversation for a second or you're like, wait, I don't know. Or you realize like two seconds in, there's no chemistry with this person. I don't, really don't want to have a conversation with them. And then the ones that I had built up the that texting chemistry with, it was like we were already excited to be in each other's presence and we were already excited to be talking. So in my experience, when a guy would say, I don't want to just like have a pen pal over text. Like I want to meet as soon as possible. I kind of was like, well, that might be unnecessary. Like if we text for a couple of days and it's falling flat, I don't think or that like meeting. like if a guy calls you a bozo, <laughs> you might not want to hang out with him. I don't think that then. That's if- a previous podcast. Go listen to it. <laughs> listen to podcast number two, please. I don't feel like if the texting has fallen flat for a couple of days, I don't think you're going to meet in person and there's going to be all this chemistry. And then on that note, with the FaceTime dates that over like quarantine, I'd had some FaceTime dates. I was really surprised. I had a handful of them and there were a couple where I just would get on FaceTime and first of all, feel like I want to go through that screen and like be in the same room with that person. And there were other ones where I was like, this is laborious. I feel like I don't want to meet up with this person. Even if they were cute, had a good job, you know, on paper seemed great. So for me, I do. I And I've heard the same as like you were saying, all the podcasts and all the stuff says that you can't feel the chemistry over text and FaceTime. I have a I different think experience. That that, that, that's not what they're saying. They're not saying you can't feel the chemistry over text. They're almost saying that's the dangerous part of it. You do feel that, mm-hmm. but it's easy to sit there and let it become a thing where you're just texting and, and not ever going out okay, because but it's if like that's the, the case, relationship I, is happening. I feel like text. that's a different problem because I haven't, I haven't had that problem. I haven't had like where I'm texting with somebody and they don't ever want to meet up. 
Like everybody wants to meet up, but I can tell, like if I'm texting 10 people, say, and I text 10 people each for two days, four of them, maybe I'm going to be like, okay, I kind of want to FaceTime with those guys. If those four guys I FaceTime with, maybe two of them, I'm like, okay, I really want to meet those guys in person. And then you meet those two guys, maybe one of them, you're like, I want to see again. So if all 10 of those, you would just gone straight to the meeting in person, that's a waste of a lot of time to me. But see, you and I are also different this way. You're an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Oh, well, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I am a social butterfly and I, um, so you'd rather go on the 10 dates. I would rather go on the 10 dates because I feel like I also am an empath and I pick up on a lot of like body language and energy. I just do. And so I like that kind of sitting down, even like the lulls and conversation and like, because I've experienced personally, where in the beginning, it's kind of like that awkward lull, but by the end of it, everybody kind of lets their guard down. And then it's kind of that cute, like you're in junior high and you're like both blushing and you're both like giggling and, and you're having that experience with them in person. And, and sometimes it does suck, but I still like that, like getting dressed up and like, you know, meeting somebody at a restaurant and sitting down and both of you are nervous and you're kind of like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I like that exciting part of it. See, I do too, but I feel like instead of having 10 people to do that with, it's two people. That's interesting. It's just, I guess, different styles. Yeah. Yeah. And also I will say this too. You are very witty and funny and good with words. And I have to ask you for help on how to text people back. I am better in person. Like I feel like on the spot and I don't know if it's just my personality and like maybe what I do for a living, but I am, Like, I feel like I'm on it in person. I am my best version of myself if I'm sitting in front of you. But I feel like on text, I get uncomfortable and I I, I don't know the right things to say back. And so I feel like I fall flat there. But I feel like if you if if a guy takes me out and sits me down at dinner, I'm going to shine. That's interesting because I I do notice when I have to talk to somebody about something I have written down stuff first. Yeah. I write it down and then I read what And I've you're written. good at writing it out. That's why I ask you for your thoughts. Cause like on text, I'm just not, it's just for it. And like you said, it's a personal, like, huh, interesting. I would always rather someone be like, Hey, get dressed up. I'm taking you to this restaurant. I don't know. I like being, I like the buzz of the people around me. I feel like it's kind of like the atmosphere. Okay. In old school. So, um, that would be an interesting question to pose to the audience. Do you feel like you'd rather feel text chemistry, FaceTime chemistry, and then meet, or would you rather meet right away? And along with that, are you an introvert or extrovert? Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's like an across the board thing. Yeah. It's a good question. Anyway. Well, right. I think that's our that's episode. Our episode. <laughs> we talked so, about good things. Yay. Bye. Bye.